Welcome to Behind the Schemes, a conversation about protecting our planet's precious wildlife from commerce, corruption, and counterfeit cures. This is Risha with Behind the Schemes, and in this episode, we're going inside the world's largest shark slaughterhouse with Alex Hofford and Paul Hilton from Wildlife Risk in Hong Kong. So, Alex, this factory in China is killing more than 600 whale sharks every year. Is that legal? Aren't whale sharks a protected species? Um, yeah, whale sharks are listed as Appendix 2 on CITES, the Convention on the International Trade in Endangered Species. They're also protected under Chinese law, uh, which means that it's illegal to catch them uh, within the territorial waters of China, but it's also illegal to bring them in uh, to China from abroad. And uh, we've got him on camera saying that he's bringing them in from uh, places as far afield as uh, Philippines, Indonesia, and Mexico. Um, which is in contravention of CITES. And we're pretty sure that these whale sharks that are being um, transported to China are, are, are the product of IUU fishing, uh, which is a really big problem globally, as I'm sure you're aware. Hmm. Now, if they're Appendix 2, can they be hunted with a special permit? But if they can be, do you really think the government is granting 600 permits a year? No, absolutely not. I think that's uh, it's, that, that will definitely not be happening right now. Could I just add to that? Within those 600 whale sharks, there's obviously also uh, great white sharks and basking sharks as well, both appendix to and protected as well in China as well. So, you know, it's not just whale sharks, basking sharks and great white sharks. Yeah, and it's not only on the, um, it's not only on the import side that, that it's a problem, it's also on the export side. Um, we're pretty sure that the factory owner hasn't got his paperwork in order for the um, export of uh, whale shark and basking shark products. We've got him on film saying that he, he's uh, sending the stuff to Italy and uh, Europe and Sri Lanka and all sorts of places. And that's the meat for Chinese restaurants in those countries in Europe, as well as the skin for bags and uh, leather products, uh, as well as the fins it would domestically within China. So, you know, he, he's pretty sure that he hasn't got any of that paperwork in order. And he's actually admitted on film that he's smuggling this stuff. So it's an import problem and an export problem. Hmm. Uh, Paul, this investigation uh, into this processing plant spanned three years. What Correct. made you decide to look at this factory in particular? Um, well, back in late 2010, we had a tip-off um, from a local NGO on the ground that um, this is possibly happening, that whale sharks and other large sharks are being processed. We couldn't really believe it, but we thought, you know, we'll, we'll go out there and have a look. Um, so before we headed out, we decided, obviously, we need a good cover. We couldn't just walk in there as, as photojournalists or NGO. <laughs> so we decided to create a seafood trading company. We, um, we created a website. We created business cards. And we basically arranged a meeting with Mr. Lee. Um, so we headed up to Pucci and there we were introduced uh, to him in his showroom and we sat down and we explained that obviously we're coming from sort of, you know, a, a Western background. We're not interested in shark fin. We're looking for health products. We're looking for, you know, other products that actually could work in the Western world. Um, and he obviously liked the idea of that. He, f he fell for the, for the bait, so to speak. 
Um, meeting went really well. And then within, you know, half an hour sitting down with him, having tea, talking about products, uh, he decided to take us into the um, to his processing um, plant, uh, which was a, a small, like a 10-minute drive around the corner. So myself and Alex got into his car. And when we drove into the courtyard, just couldn't believe what, you know, the scene, the devastation, just whale shark fins just piled up on wrecks as far as you could see all under the tarpaulin. It must, you know, must have been at least 40 or 50 large fins in that courtyard when we pulled up. And then obviously then, you know, the, the meeting continued and he tried to show us the whale shark fins and we said, no, we're not really interested in the fins, you know, but what, what else have you got on show? And then that's how we got talking about the, the oil. Um, and then he was talking about different grades of oil from the basket shark, great white shark and whale shark. He said the the best quality oil is from the basking shark and then continued on. Uh, we went into the processing, to the floor, we're actually processing the shark and the scene of just blood and, and flesh and skin all over the floor was pretty horrendous. I'm sure you've, you've seen the, the video and the still imagery. Yeah. It was uh, pretty, pretty shocking. And, and he yeah. took us to see the barrels as well. I went into this other like, filthy shack, like this sort of ramshackle um, uh, outhouse where he stores all the oil in these big blue barrels and he had like barrels and barrels of this stuff, um, like a really stinking, pretty unsanitary uh, place. And, uh, you know, he showed us all that as well. So that, that's yeah, sort of the whole process, basically. Yeah, and this is what uh, people in the end market, they think they're consuming some sort of health product and it's being uh, stored in an outhouse. Yeah, Correct. exactly. And also, he labels the oil as, as tilapia oil, mm. fish oil, and tilapia meat when it actually goes. Alex was saying how it gets sent. Um, across mm -hmm. to Italy, Chinese restaurants. He, he's, obviously, he said he was smuggling, as Alex said, but also he always lists it as tilapia, fish or tilapia meat. Um, yeah. And then he's sending, actually, that place is, is, is uh, getting the raw materials. That's the, the production facility, if you can call it that, for um, making the products from these whale sharks and basking sharks. But then they're sending it domestically down to another location in China's uh, Hainan province, right in the south of China on, that, on a big island called Hainan. And um, there it is actually being mixed in with other, other kinds of shark oil. And we think from other production facilities, although we didn't identify where they were or which province they were in. And, um, and they have, um, that these, this is the company that has links with um, HQ Sustainable uh, Maritime Industries. And um, they have a corporate video that shows, you know, all these um, pills being made in like super sanitary environment, really little uh, lab guys wearing white coats, all this kind of thing with high tech machinery. But the, the reality is very different. This is like the, the image that this company is trying to put, portray themselves as some kind of big pharmaceutical um, you know, powerhouse industry. But really, it's, the, it's just a gruesome, uh, stinking official um, hellhouse, really, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so you're pretty sure that there are more factories like this one? We're not sure. We suspect it. I mean, well, all I think, evidence yeah. points to that. I mean, if you're talking about this, this piece that came out today on Radio Australia, there's Brad Norman, the, the professor at uh, Murdoch University in, in Australia. He's saying that um, um, a thousand whale sharks are being caught um, annually within Chinese 
coastal waters. And so we've identified one factory in one province that's doing 600. So that's, that's 400 left. And so, you know, if you just do the maths, it's obviously going to be a lot more than his figure of 1,000. Um, but it's very hard to, to put a number on it. But it's, uh, you know, the, the trend is definitely going down. Ugh. And can either of you um, talk a little bit more about the link between this factory and the United States? The full name of that company is Hainan Jiahua Marine Products Biopharmaceutical Company Limited, and uh, with the website jiahuabio.com, which incidentally is down uh, for some strange reason. Um, that company is the one that's sending all this stuff over to America, um, and it's being the, those exact same pills that uh, Mr. Lee gave us as samples in um, Puchi, they're being repackaged and rebranded for an American market. Obviously, the packaging hasn't got any Chinese writing on it or anything, and it's being sent um, to America and uh, packaged up as Omojo Health Products. And all the products, everything's packaged up really well, squeaky clean, and if you look through some of them, they've got shark shark squalene, um, shark um, oil, or fish oils, uh, yeah, so it's all there. But they're um, doing all kinds of other weird shit, like sealed genital pills, I mean, what's going on with that? Uh. <laughs> yeah, their headquarters is in, um, in Seattle, and the products are being on the shelves in Bartels. Uh, drugstore. So, like I said, it'd be great if somebody could just go and check again if those Emojo products with shark, you know, shark products are actually on the shelves in Bartels in Seattle. Yeah, and and the logo actually of Jiahua has a Canadian maple leaf on it, and um, you know, Washington State's proximity to Canada and the fact that they're trading in seal genital pills um, probably you know leads us to believe that they've got links to Canada as well. So it's not just. Uh, USA, it's a Canada thing going on. Hmm. I mean, there's all this stuff out there. We just haven't got the time or the resources to follow up. And, you know, we'd just like to put this out there to the entire NGO community. They can just get in contact with us and we'll, we'll, we'll provide them as many leads as, as they need just to, 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 to track these guys down to find out what's really going on because the whole thing's so murky. We also heard that yeah, once they hit the States, actually being rebranded again and packaged and being sent back to Hong Kong and China as well. And Japan. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, Japan. Yeah. So the, the links are far and wide. It's just trying to get to the bottom of, of the, the whole chain. But, uh, yeah, when people actually go to buy, you know, fish oils, they really need to start to think about actually what they're consuming. They're full of heavy metals. The larger the fish, the more contaminants are in. So actually you're trying to, you know, stay healthy, um, but really you're actually slowly poisoning your body by taking these products. Yeah, and then just one thing is just to, to broaden this out a little bit. Is that factory where they're doing the whale sharks and the basking sharks in Puchi? That's primarily focused on these omega three supplements. But also, we went to another factory in the afternoon um, in another part of Puchi um, called Hydel H A I D E L, and that one they were processing um, manta rays as well as mm. um, as all kinds of other um, shark species, mostly I think blue sharks and a few threshers, I think. And they were, um, you know, it's like a scene from a horror movie. They're just like chopping them up and taking out all the flesh and then um, boiling them up in these massive um, cauldrons to strip away the flesh and then just leaves behind the cartilage. And look, that cartilage was being shipped to another province um, um, in the north of China um, called Shandong Province into, I forgot the name of the town, but anyway, uh, where that's all 
ground up into powder form to make glucosamine sulfate and chondroitin supplements, which are commonly used in the West for, um, well, actually all around the world, um, for joint problems like you know arthritis or you know if you've got a dodgy knee or dodgy elbow you can you, you can use that stuff and it supposedly a uh, helps with that problem people really want to look after the you know their their health look after the planet they're actually you know adding adding to the carnage by taking these products you know if someone wants something they can go for flaxseed oil which is, does the same thing as omega 3s or there's a new product in New Zealand uh, that comes from green lip muscle extract which is very sustainable, well managed, and you're not, you know, you're not sort of taking down manta rays and sharks in, the, in the, your daily products. So people really need to look as consumers to, about the choices um, they're making and how they're spending their money and, and being aware of, of these kind of issues. Because I'm sure those products from Shandong, yeah, are going all over the world, and really, you don't know actually what you're putting into your body when you take these pills. So. And that's one of the reasons why we think this story's just gone so viral. It's gone so huge, is because people, um, you know, feel that they've had the wool pulled over their eyes for all these years. You know, people take fish oil supplements every day. You think, oh, it's just coming from, you know, a bait fish or whatever. People don't realise that it's coming from a CITES two listed um, species. You know, it's uh, from an endangered species. It's crazy. Yeah, the effect. Going back to this this process, but they were doing over a. Over a thousand kg a year of uh, mobula rays, which is a close cousin of the manta rays, and also they were taking a lot of manta rays, but we couldn't get the figures. But once we walked into that courtyard, there was also manta ray gills drying on all different racks as well. So it was just—it's blatantly obvious that yeah, the um, the money they're making out of this product is pretty huge as well. Yeah. So, and that's not to mention that um, you know. If you go that to Puchi in the summer, you've just got all the fields all around the town are just like covered in just regular normal shark fin as well. So I mean, we're not even this story is not really about shark fin so much, but don't forget that the shark fin issue is still very much at the forefront of uh, the, the story too. Oh my gosh! So, what are the next steps for for you guys? What can the public do to get involved and get this thing shut down? Well, it, like I said, the international media community has been wonderful. They've mm -hmm. really, you know, gone to town on that. So there's definitely, you know, uh, it's the, the issue has been, uh, you know, raised. But whether in China they're, they're going to come out with something after Chinese year and, and talk about it, we're not sure. But um, time will tell. Um, but really at the moment, if people want to get involved, um, there's going to be a petition, but we, once we, we've got the correct wording on that petition, there's going to be a petition out there, which people are saying, will that help? And actually, it's just a, it's another part of the tools to, to actually drive this thing forward. And anyone that really wants to help, would really help us at the moment, is, is make a small do donation on wildliferisk.org website because we need funds to keep doing what we're doing. The whole time we've been doing this on a shoestring. So... Um, if anyone can help with some funding, that would be wonderful. That gives us more time to move and to dig deeper. Yeah, there's a couple of other things that are going on. Is that um, we've collaborated with um, Louis Sayos on his uh, follow-up movie to the Cove, which is going to be called The Heist, and so the footage is going to be included in that in some way, shape, or form. 
Um, and the other thing is what, what, what going ahead, what we're probably going to be doing now is um, after the whole media storm dies down, which it probably will do because that's just the nature of the beast, we'll, we'll, we'll probably be um, talking to some key people in Hong Kong and China um, to see about how, how we can get this thing closed down. Um, there's a lot of outrage, but I think we can start uh, lobbying in the background a little bit, talking to people and you know, just try to find how the lay of the land, what the lay of the land looks like, you know, where the pressure points lie, who are the players, that kind of thing. So we start mapping out a little bit um, the backroom stuff. It's yeah, it's definitely it's going to take time, but um, I think yeah, if we get to the right people, things will change. I think I think you know China's quite positive now at the moment. They they've made big headways with um, the elephant ivory. Um, no shark fin at government official banquets. Mm. Um, this anti-corruption bill, where they're you know they, they're trying to stop corruption from all the civil civil servants at the top level. So things are happening, and I think they're open to it. And I, I I'm pretty sure they'll you know they'll definitely jump on this if if we execute it in the right way and we speak to the right people. Excellent. Thanks so much, Paul and Alex, for being with us today, and keep up the fantastic work. This is a shocking story, and thank goodness you guys have gotten it out there. Thanks, Risha, for having us on the show. Yeah, thank you very much, and uh, yeah, look forward to uh, talking again soon. Absolutely. You've been listening to Inside the World's Largest Shark Slaughterhouse with Alex Hofford and Paul Hilton. This is Risha with Behind the Skeins.